Welcome to another episode of Audio Law. I'm Claudia Opper, and today we'll be discussing the case Touchette v. Hampton, 950 Southern Reporter, 2nd Series, 895, from the year 2007. This is a case that will show us how the defense of self-defense might factor in to a battery charge. But before we move into the case, I'd like to ask you to consider donating a dollar or two. You can donate by going to illustratedlaw.com. There's a green donate button right there on the homepage. Giving whatever you're able to spare helps us in creating more helpful podcast episodes just like this one. With that, let's get going with the facts of the case. The plaintiff, Purvis Touchette, was a sales manager at Hampton Mitsubishi, a car dealership owned by the defendant, Mark Hampton, for approximately three years. Touchette testified that he briefly left his employment with the dealership, but subsequently returned to his former job position. He testified that his employment was terminated during the summer of 2002. According to Hampton, the parting was amicable. However, he testified that in October 2002, he received a telephone call from Touchette in which, quote, he basically was sort of making fun of our business because our business had gone down, unquote. Hampton stated that he hung up the telephone and that Touchette called back later that day. Hampton did not speak with him. Hampton testified that when he spoke with Touchette again, Touchette cursed him, threatened him, and told him that he knew where he lived. According to Hampton, Touchette continued to call, and when he did not answer, Touchette left him several threatening voicemail messages, three of which were left on October 13, 2002. Hampton testified that on October 19, 2002, he went to Jackie Edgar RV Center, Touchette's place of employment. Quote, because it was a public place and I felt it was the safest place to talk to him." Unquote. Touchette was not there. According to Hampton, he returned to Jackie Edgar RV Center on October 22, 2002 to, quote, tell Touchette to quit harassing me and ask him to stop calling me, Unquote. Hampton asked if Touchette was in and someone pointed him towards Touchette's office. Hampton testified that when he entered Touchette's office, Touchette, whose back was to Hampton, quickly turned around in his chair. Now, before I continue on with the reasoning, I do want to warn the listeners that there will be the use of explicit language in the next 30 seconds. Touchette quickly turned around in his chair and yelled, Fuck you, Hampton! Hampton stated that he was startled and scared because it appeared as if Touchette, quote, was going to hit me, what he said he was going to do, unquote. Hampton testified that he defended himself by hitting Touchette. Although he did not know how many times he hit Touchette, Hampton surmised that the incident lasted approximately 20 seconds before Touchette's co-worker, David Raggett, intervened and pulled Hampton off Touchette. Hampton immediately left the premises. Touchette filed suit against Hampton, seeking damages for, quote, 
medical expenses, physical pain and suffering, mental anguish, and humiliation. Unquote. Although not directly stated in this case brief, we can deduce that the issue of this case is whether or not there was actually a battery committed. In order to help answer that question, let's keep going with the court reasoning. The Supreme Court defined a battery as a, quote, harmful or offensive contact with a person resulting from an act intended to cause the plaintiff to suffer such a contact, unquote. In order to succeed on his battery claim, Touchette must prove, quote, all prima facie elements of the tort, including lack of consent to the invasive conduct, unquote. In his brief submitted to this court, Hampton argues that Touchette did not carry his burden of proving that a battery occurred. Hampton alleges that Touchette consented to the altercation when Touchette left him a message. And again, I apologize for some explicit language. Touchette left him a message telling him to, quote, meet me somewhere, you fucking piece of shit, unquote. Additionally, Hampton contends that Touchette's actions on the day of the altercation, for example, Touchette quickly turning around in his chair, yelling an obscenity, and moving as if to hit him, constituted consent. The Supreme Court held that, quote, consent in Louisiana operates as a bar to recovery for the intentional infliction of harmful or offensive touchings of the victim. Consent may be expressed or implied. If implied, it must be determined on the basis of reasonable appearances." Unquote. At trial, defense counsel reminded Touchette that in the request for admissions, he admitted that prior to this incident, he had threatened to do physical harm to Hampton. Touchette acknowledged that he, quote, invited Mark Hampton to meet him anytime any place so that he could beat Hampton's ass. However, Touchette testified that his invitation to meet him was for that particular day and that he did not know Hampton was coming to his place of employment on October 22, 2002. Touchette stated that he was informed of Hampton's arrival immediately prior to Hampton entering the office. Furthermore, upon learning of Hampton's presence, Touchette continued to perform his job duties at his desk with his back to the door. Touchette testified that it was only when Hampton opened the door that he turned around in his chair. According to Touchette, when Hampton began hitting him, he asked, quote, What are you doing, Mark? Unquote. He attempted to cover his face. To escape liability for damages resulting from a battery, the defendant may prove that, quote, his actions were privileged or justified, such as self-defense, unquote. The defendant's actions can be justified as self-defense if there was an actual or reasonably apparent threat to his safety, and the force employed was not excessive in degree or kind. Quote, the privilege of self-defense is based on the prevention of harm to the actor, not on the desire for retaliation or revenge, no matter how understandable that desire." Unquote. At trial, 
Hampton testified that he felt threatened by the messages that Touchette had left on his voicemail. Hampton stated that he went to Jackie Edgar RV Center to tell Touchette to stop harassing and calling him. According to Hampton, when he entered Touchette's office, Touchette quickly turned around in his chair, yelled an obscenity at him, and began to rise from his chair. Hampton testified that he was scared that Touchette would carry out his threats. Therefore, he struck Touchette. The Supreme Court held that, quote, mere words, even though designed to excite or irritate, cannot excuse a battery, unquote. This holding was reiterated, where the Supreme Court explained that, quote, words written or spoken sometime prior will not justify a physical attack upon the one by whom they were written or spoken, unquote. Once again, in the following section, there will be an obscenity used because it is from a direct quote from Touchette. Therefore, neither the messages that Touchette left on Hampton's voicemail nine days prior to the altercation, nor Touchette allegedly yelling, quote, fuck you, Hampton, unquote, immediately before he was struck, seemed to justify Hampton's physical attack on Touchette. Furthermore, all of the witnesses, with the exception of Hampton, testified that Touchette did not make any threatening move towards Hampton when Hampton entered his office. At trial, Touchette testified that on the day of the incident, he was sitting at his desk and Hampton, quote, came through the door real quick, unquote. Touchette maintained that he did not get out of his chair make any threatening moves, or say anything before he was struck. Recall that the incident happened approximately nine days after Touchette left Hampton those messages. Hampton unexpectedly arrived at Touchette's place of employment, and Touchette was only aware of Hampton's presence a few minutes prior to the altercation. Additionally, Raggett and Duhon corroborated Touchette's testimony that he did not make any aggressive moves towards Hampton, and, in fact, Touchette was unable to stand before Hampton struck him. Even assuming, arguendo, meaning for argument's sake, that Touchette did not make a threatening move towards Hampton, Hampton could have immediately left the premises. Instead, Hampton repeatedly struck Touchette and had to be pulled off of him. We note that in Landry, the Supreme Court explained that if the defendant used excessive force in repelling an actual or apparent threat to his safety, his self-defense claim could not stand. Here, Hampton hit Touchette while Touchette was still sitting at his desk. The record indicates that Touchette never struck Hampton, but instead, tried to protect himself by covering his face. Likewise, we find that Hampton's repeated hitting of Touchette does not demonstrate self-defense. There we have this case's reasoning. Before we get to the holding and key takeaways of the case, let's hear about this episode's sponsor. This episode was brought to you by Illustrated Law, Order your illustrated law book on Amazon for only $15. Unlike traditional law books, illustrated law books have illustrations, practice questions with answers, key takeaway summaries, and so much more. It's the simple way to learn law efficiently. 
There are currently three illustrated law books available, and those are Constitutional Law, Torts Concepts, and Criminal Procedure, Investigation, and Justice. So head over to Amazon and order yourself a copy, or better yet, a copy of all three. Getting back to Touchette v. Hampton, here we have the holding. The record does not support a determination that there was, quote, an actual or reasonably apparent threat to Hampton's safety, unquote. The trial court's granting of Hampton's motion for involuntary dismissal on the issue of self-defense was manifestly erroneous. We know that force can be used in instances when there is a threat. But as we see in this case, self-defense is not always a sufficient defense for a battery charge. When there's no apparent danger or the force used is excessive, then a battery charge can still be enacted. So we have a key takeaway from Touchette v. Hampton. Defendant was liable because there was no apparent danger and the force was excessive, even if there was apparent danger. That concludes this episode of Audio Law. Thank you for tuning in. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure to tell your friends about Audio Law and check out some of our other podcasts as Audio Law is the law podcast for busy people, I hope this episode helped make your day a little less busy.